This is Jay Baer from Convince and Convert, and welcome to the Content Pros Podcast, where you'll hear the strategies and secrets of the best content marketers in the world. The show is brought to you by Oracle Marketing Cloud, helping businesses use the latest marketing technologies to tell their stories and connect with their customers. The show is also brought to you by Vidyard, the best platform for creating, managing, and optimizing your video content marketing. And the show is brought to you by Uberflip, a content experience platform that allows marketers to create, manage, and optimize tailored content experiences for every stage of the buyer journey. The hosts of the show are Randy Frisch and Tyler Lessard. Find all links, archives, and more at contentprospodcast.com. Now, here's Randy, Tyler, and this week's special guest. Welcome to another episode of Content Pros. I'm Randy Frisch from Uberflip. As always, I've got Tyler Lessard with me from Vidyard. And today on Content Pros, on this podcast, we've got Fatima Zaidi. And she's going to talk to us about PR in the modern content marketing world. And it's an area that I, I think a lot of us as marketers probably struggle with sometimes to figure out, you know, should we still do PR? Should we just do content marketing? Uh, and how do we balance that? Do, do we do that internally? Do we rely on someone externally? And Fatima's got a lot of experience with this and going to help shed some light. Um, you know, Tyler, she's she's a local Canadian, so both of us know her. You know her as well. Um, maybe you can give a little bit more context and welcome her in. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, get ready for a lot of a boots because this is uh, jam-packed with Canadian content goodness here. But uh, uh, in all seriousness, it's really exciting to have Fatima on board uh, with this podcast. You've got, uh, I think, a very interesting and diverse background in the things you've done. You've been a a blogger and a writer for for Huffington Post and and Betakit and a number of other outlets. Um, But of course, your your day job today is uh, business development at uh, a terrific agency called uh, 88. So I'm going to hand it over to you maybe to just chat a little bit about your background, kind of where you've come from and um, what you're doing now at 88. Thanks, Tyler, for that introduction. So yeah, I mean, I'm the Vice President of Business Development at 88. We're a local Toronto communications agency, and we specialize in public relations, digital marketing, and graphic design. We mainly work with tech, consumer, and lifestyle brands. And I would say we have, you know, anywhere from about 10 to 20 given clients at at a point. Uh, some of our clients include Fedora, the food delivery app, Sony, Yellow Pages, PayPal, and then on the tech and not-for-profit not side, more companies like Next Canada, Collage, the National Ballet School, and of course, my old company, Rent Frock Repeat. So I'm gonna I'm gonna cut right to the chase and and tap into something Randy mentioned, which is this, you know, this challenge a lot of us businesses are facing of you know is it a, is it a content strategy? It's a PR strategy. We're all trying to to build our brands in the market. We're trying to get content placed in different places. We're trying to get it amplified and shared and, and circulated. And um, you know I face this challenge. I'm sure you do, Randy, as well. Is you know how do we approach this new world that we're in, where you know a lot of the media that's getting out there are things that are written in-house and, and, you know, shared out through different channels, um, you know, versus the old world of, you know, working with a PR agency to draft articles, to, to, to pitch articles, um, and to take that approach. How are these worlds colliding, and what are you seeing from your perspective on the agency side? Yeah, I mean, I think it's really interesting. One of the biggest 
biggest challenges we have is that we are a storytelling agency and sometimes that is a very untangible skill. How do you really measure the value of brand awareness in PR? And I find that it's very different from when you're a conversion agency and you know, you're you know tracking the numbers and tracking the sales and um, tracking the number of sales and click-through rates that are coming in. So I think that you know, now there's this huge involvement of content creation. Now anyone can be a content creator. And I think that more than PR, I think it's important for people to be creating content and sharing content on a regular basis. But I think that one of the quickest ways to kill your content marketing is to do nothing after you create it. Some people and some marketers think that content marketing is simply creating the content, but that's only part of content marketing. I think the other half is promoting it. And my advice is always don't forget about the marketing and content marketing. So that's where we come in. That's where PR agencies come in. I think media relations is very, very important. How do you measure the value of content creation from a consumer perspective? There are a number of ways but I think from a business perspective you really need to you know drive coverage and get it in front of multiple people so I, I think you raised a super important point there which uh, is something we harp on a lot within our own team is when you take the time you know to, to build a great you know, either a piece of content or a content campaign or, or a sort of a core story you know we often we, we'll put it out there we'll run a campaign we'll blast some people with it and then it's forgotten about and, um, you know, too often, you know, we, we forget, you know, either there's multiple ways to share that story, there's different mediums you could expose it through, there are different channels you could engage to get that message out there and, and to amplify it. So I'd love for you, I'm, I'm sure others, you know, are, are struggling with this of how do you kind of put that into practice. I'd, I'd love your perspective, maybe peel that back a little bit from your perspective on how are people approaching this today? Yeah, definitely. I think the first and most important thing is creating valuable content and making sure that content is, you know, relatable and can provide a lot of value. Um, when you're creating content that provides a lot of value and it's a new concept, I think that, you know, it becoming viral is given in itself and then you don't have to do too much marketing to get it out there. I think that, you know, one thing that's really important is having being on all the social channels. So, you know, 88 is constantly very active and engaged on all of all of the, the platforms today, Instagram, Snapchat, LinkedIn, Twitter. Uh, we have our own internal blog, which very clearly um, identifies and reflects our personal brand, which is where we do a lot of our storytelling and content creation. We have a website where we drive a lot of content to. And also, we're not, you know, uh, we're happy to, you know, put down paid uh, media and put money towards SEO to share our content if we think it's going to be providing value for other companies and other agencies. So I think those are just a few of the different channels that are important to us. But, you know, one of the ways that I do it is writing for publications on topics that I'm passionate about. So currently, I've built my personal brand around hacking outbound, outbound sales. So I love writing for um, publications that have my target audience, which is small and medium-sized businesses. So The Globe, Strategy, Beta Kit, and Huffington Post. And again, I think you really have to tailor it to, you know, what content you're creating on a regular basis. But I think one thing that I would add is making sure that the content isn't promotional salesy. Um, I think the core philosophy when it comes to content marketing is to give more than you can take and always give as much value as possible without expecting anything in return. And I think marketers really need to be creating educational and valuable content for the viewers and a lot more than just shooting out large quantities of promotional content.
I love that. I love that idea of giving more than than you take. I think that's a, a great lesson for people to take away when they think about the content they're putting out there. So going back to the beginning of the team, you, you listed off some really exciting brands that, that you and the team at ADA Creative work with. Maybe you can talk to us about a campaign that your team was engaged in to get involved with. Because I think, you know, some of us, you know, struggle sometimes these days with this idea, as we said at the beginning, that we are now content creators internally and we know how to distribute content because there's tools out there for that and we can buy our own placements this isn't like back in the media days anymore so what is it that you'll get involved in and maybe you can take us through one of the the clients you've worked with and a, a an account that you're really proud of a certain outcome Absolutely. I would actually love to walk you through a couple examples. I'm really proud of the content we create at 88, and I think we do a really good job of sort of reflecting our personal brand. Um, <clears throat> one of the, uh, you know, recently, uh, and it's also, I guess, I want to take it a step back and really define what is, you know, content creation. What, what do you consider content? And personally, before 88 ever creates content, we always want to ensure that we're enhancing a customer or consumer's experience with a brand and engage them in a way that adds value, whether it be through education, utility, or entertainment. From a consumer's perspective, there's a few things that we look at. And, you know, for April Fool's Day, for example, we did a campaign for our clients, Fedora. And we wanted to come up with something that was quirky and funny and really reflected our personal brand, which aligns very closely with Fedora's personal brand, which is we're a very easygoing company and we're fun to work with and we have a great sense of humor. So we created a video that sort of became viral where we said that Fedora would be, and Fedora is a food delivery app and they, their differentiating USP is that they deliver food on bicycles. So we create, came out with a video that said that they're going to start delivering food on unicycles. And That's the, fun. Yeah, I love that. It's really funny. Like it, we we positioned it as they're trying to become more eco friendly, and instead of you know doing it on a bicycle, they're going to be hopping around on this unicycle. And on the day April Fool's Day, we actually had people going around in unicycles. And you know, I think that um, is it is it like very deep and value added content? No, but at the end of the day, it's really fun. You know, got people laughing. We recovered in outlets like Blog To, CP Twenty Four. Um, CTV strategy magazine. We got a lot of coverage around it. But from like an from a value added content piece, I'm very proud of the Next Canada uh, microsite video that we created. So to give you some context, Next Canada is a national nonprofit charity, and they basically help entrepreneurs through innovation. It's sort of like an accelerator. And we launched a marketing campaign with them called What's Now, What's Next? It's a video which highlights innovation in current industries and contrasts them with predictions um, for what the next 150 years is going to hold. And I think, you know, all of the answers in the video from these different successful Canadian entrepreneurs really gives us a glimpse into the future potential of a range of industries and really helps us plot the development of what we can expect to see, which, you know, I feel so proud of the Canadian content that we're creating because, you know, I just feel like we highlighted some really great industry success stories. And I think there's a lot out there from like a U.S. perspective, but, you know, I yet to see um, more promotion done around successful Canadian stories. So I was just really proud of that video. That's great. And I, I volunteer with, with Next Canada. It's such a great organization with 
really brilliant entrepreneurs coming through those doors. So it's it's great that you're, you're giving them a voice in that way. Um, but I want to go back on the Foodora one a little bit because I know Next Canada is very lean, right? They're lean, so they need a team like you almost to, to probably run a lot of their marketing campaigns. But I imagine Foodora actually has some of these, you know, in-house capabilities, but yet they're still relying on, you know, this modern day concept of an agency to complement. And I think that's the part that some of our listeners who are maybe with larger organizations and trying to figure out, okay, what do I do versus what do I ask for help with, right? Or what do I outsource? And I'm wondering, you know, if if there's starting to be a better guideline for that in this day and age and whether you can, you know, tell us a little bit some of the trends you've seen in that way. Yeah, definitely. I think it's, it's interesting. I, I feel like some people either get it or they don't. They really understand the value of PR or they don't. And at the end of the day, I feel like you can definitely hire someone in-house to do it, but they're going to be a jack of all trades and not a specialist. We as an agency specialize in startups and tech PR. So that is sort of a niche that we've carved out for ourselves. And, you know, there's only so many capabilities you can have in-house and you're really going to need a team of, you know, 30 to 40 people and a lot of hours spent to get to the level that we're at where, you know, we've worked with a range of different clients and companies and a range of different, you know, campaigns, whether it be influencers, content creation, media relations. And again, I I do think that people can hire in-house, but I think it's more of a modern day trend and approach where people are really relying on those creative agencies to be the specialists. And, you know, they do uh, what they do best, and then we can come in and supplement where, you know, there may be an opportunity. And I think at the end of the day, it's some of the bigger campaigns to be executed. It, it's a lot of it's a lot of effort. It's a lot of work. You need to have those relationships. We we got them a lot of coverage during this um, Fedora Unicycle video. We did a similar one for Valentine's Day where we created an aphrodisiac menu, and we partnered them with Durex, and anyone who ordered off this this aphrodisiac menu got a package from Durex as well, which, you know, was super gimmicky and super fun. But again, it's like really making those connections, working with partners like Durex, having those relationships and media relations to get the coverage. I think it would be very, a lot more hours spent rather than just outsourcing it to an agency who specializes in those relationships. Yeah, I, I like that. I think, you know, the other thing, and, you know, Tyler, I'm curious if, if you're ever doing this at Vidyard, but I can tell you here at Uberflip, I mean, we've we've sometimes found value in bringing just an outsider's view. Right? Like we're so close to our audience. We're so close to our product every day that sometimes there's value in having that third-party perspective. So, a f- you know, earlier this year, we were coming up with like our big campaign and it, it's actually become somewhat of our rally cry. It's this idea of, owning the journey, right? Or own the journey as we call it. And and we actually brought in some help on that. Um, you know, we we knew what we wanted to do, but we wanted some other perspectives and we wanted someone to help us with, you know, the thinking, you know, the types of campaigns that we could run off of that rally cry. Um, and it, it to be honest, it, it's not so much of it fully forming our opinion, because I think we had one, but it was a matter of getting us to think a little bit outside the box. And I don't know, Tyler, if, if that's something that you guys have invested in from time to time at Vidyard. 
No, I, I totally agree. And it's uh, it's something we're, we're actually doing right now as we think about, uh, I think to your point, not just what's the main story that we really want to tell and, and what's that kind of core message, but more importantly for me, it's it's how do we think creatively about how it manifests itself in the market, in interesting stories and interesting content. And that's the part that I find having an external voice and an opinion on that can go a long, long way um, because, you know, usually much like yourselves, I'm sure we sort of sit in our bubble here we, we brainstorm but you know we, there's a lot of you know recycling of ideas and um, you know when you have somebody come in and maybe Fatima you can comment on this I doubt that somebody internally at Fudoru you know would have thought the first thing is like do a video you know let's do this let's go and, and have fun over here I think even the kinds of you know content mediums and channels and ways you can create a fun story you know I think it's a huge value to people who just live in that creative PR kind of journalism world. I completely couldn't agree more with you, Tyler. And yeah. you know, it's interesting. I do also want to point out that as a creative uh, agency, we don't only do creative campaigns for our clients. We often do them for ourselves as well because we want to get our personal brand and we want to get our messaging across. And I think it's through one of our internal campaigns that we've done that have been very creative in the past that Fedora reached out to us and wanted to work with us because, you know, they could really identify and align our values. And, you know, this is a fun agency. They could come up with something that's hysterical and funny that could go viral. And this is how they're going to represent us. And this is how they represent themselves. So my advice to, you know, agencies would be also don't forget about doing marketing and PR and campaigns for yourself. I think that's great advice. So we're going to take a quick break here while we do something and order myself lunch through Fedora. And then we're going to get right back to dig more into PR content and a lot more with Fatima. Hey, Zoe. Hey, Kelly. Do you know what I love? Benedict Cumberbatch. Yeah, him, but also Netflix and how it always shows me what I'll love, aka all the murder mysteries. Ooh, or documentaries about puppies. I wish there was a way to do that with B2B content. Well, hold on to your pants. So, you know, Uberflip, it lets you create a better content journey for your readers. So, I can let my readers binge my content while my sales team also sends it out to prospects? You sure can. Amazing. How do I get it? Just head over to uberflip.com and request a demo. We're back here on Content Pros Podcast, and we've got Fatima Zaidi joining us from ADA Creative. And what I wanted to kind of jump over to now is this you know, concept of where should we send the traditional press release to? Right. Um, and I find that, you know, in the past, you know, we just kind of submitted it through the channels and that was enough. And I don't know if everyone's finding this, but some days I wake up in the morning and I've got these LinkedIn emails and half of my LinkedIn notifications are just press releases that are being shared on LinkedIn. And I'm wondering what your perspective is on where we should be distributing these for pickup these days, because we've kind of moved away from just caring necessarily about the, the media sources of the past. Yeah, and I think that's a really great question. And I think I would, you know, like I mentioned to you earlier, I think that we really should be focusing on the target audiences of our clients. So if LinkedIn is where your customers are at and your audience is at, then, then it's a great place to start. But I think at the end of the day, you know, there's a ton of different, you know, whether it's CPY network or um, PR newswire distributions or whether you're pitching directly to journalists. Um, there are a ton of ways that you can do this. I think more important, more important than that, it's really building those relationships with journalists and editors and and the press over time, and you know, sort of having a brand ambassador of people that you can reach out to in a given industry. So I think I sort of mentioned this earlier. It's important for agencies to start specializing and have a niche. What is your USP? What is your unique? 
selling proposition. And for us, it's tech PR. So we have relationships with all um, you know, of the editors and the networks where we should be sending out press releases to. So when we have a client like 111, um, who, or Next Canada, who, you know, is sending out a press release, we know exactly who to send it to. And it's, we're not just sort of, you know, blasting it out on LinkedIn or generic sites, really honing into their target audience. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. It's, it's funny. I mean, I used to write more content than I do. I, I still commit to like one post a month here. And we always start with, okay, where do we want this to be? You know, who's our audience? And often it never ends up actually on our own site, which is which is a good thing because we have relationships with, you know, in our case, we, you know, I think one of my last posts was on LinkedIn. Before that, we had it on the Salesforce blog because that's where we find our audiences are and we've been able to de- develop relationships with some of their editors on their side to get those placements, which ultimately is a modern day PR play. Definitely couldn't agree more. I think it's hundred percent about relationship building and really becoming the specialist in that space. And rather than doing a generic blast out and, you know, LinkedIn can be great for, you know, say Canadian Tire is one of our clients. And if we were doing a press release for them, I think LinkedIn would be a really great corporate place to start, but for the tech industry, not so much. So let me let me expand on this this topic of the the press release because um, you know I'm going to play devil's advocate and just throw out there that the press release is is largely dead um, in the market and and you know Fatima we can we can debate this but I think one of the the big things we're seeing and and I you know I, I cringe when I hear our own marketing team say that hey we've got a big product launch coming up or we've got an amazing customer story you know let's get the press release ready right and and it's like well okay the, the press release is something that you know we care about and. You know, it feels like it's a checkbox that it probably has to happen. Maybe it doesn't, um, but it's to me, it's no longer the most important part of an announcement of you know news that you're generating. And you know, to me, it's it's like what's of course, how do you manifest the story in a bigger way and um, get out of this mindset of you know an announcement equals a press release. And I'm curious what your perspective is and and what you're seeing people doing to approach announcements and news in different ways from the the traditional press release i think it's it's interesting that you bring that we were just having a conversation about that at our agency a couple of days ago and i think that traditional pr and media relations will never really be dead i think that it's always going to be supplemented with other initiatives and strategies and i think at the end of the day you really need to have something disruptive in the space which sort of sells itself so i'm just going to give you a really quick example we created an online gaming game site recently it's called agency or porn and it just started off with an innocent conversation that we were having at our agency um and we decided to come up with this game where players have to distinguish between a name whether it's an adult film name or an agency name and it's actually you know sounds kind of boring but it's very addictive and because it was such unique content that we had created, we literally had so much coverage over it and it was inbound coverage. Like we weren't going out and pitching. It was people reaching out to us and, and wanting to get us covered in strategy magazine and design taxi and media post. And we were also covered in international publications like Japan, Germany, France, Lithuania, Spain, which just goes to shape that that good content doesn't have boundaries. And I think that people really need to be putting in that effort to create stuff that is newsworthy rather than having something in a and trying to make it newsworthy, if that makes any sense. Yeah, it's. I mean, it, and that's a, such a cool example where you know that's it's the notion of 
you know that and and I did by the way I did I did do agency or porn and I did not score well I will uh, uh, I will admit any of you out there agency or porn.com it's quite fun just keep the audio off if you're in the office <laughs> yeah, um, it's sound effects <laughs> but it's uh, but you know I mean that's such a cool example where uh, you know it's 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 a fun interactive experience and I'm seeing again more and more people you know looking at interactive content looking at of course you know videos and and interesting you know fun trying to generate you know, humor and, you know, or inspiration and, and really leaning back again on creative content, on interactive content or on storytelling to wrap their, their news. Um, and, you know, I'm much more inclined to, you know, dive into a fun parody video of, you know, a Saturday Night Live skit that's telling me somebody just launched a new product that I am to go and read their, you know, four page press release. Yeah, and it just goes to show that at the end of the day, it's not that press releases aren't important and media relations aren't important. I think those traditional PR tactics will always be there, but I think it really needs to be supplemented with other things, whether it be a digital marketing campaign or good content creation or um, something that's disruptive and innovative and you know groundbreaking in the space that hasn't been done before. And I think that's really where the question comes in. How do you measure content success and what is a value? I, I love that last point, and maybe we can go to like the scariest word of all, right? Which is results, right? No, what, no, don't I know, do that. I know. I, I mean, usually that's that's when you fire your agency, isn't that what it is? But uh, you know, I, I, I mean, this is why. And, and full disclosure here, I've, I've you know really recommend ADA Creative. I've I've sent a lot of people to you know Aaron you know Burry's way and, and now your way um, in terms of a great place to work with because you guys understand the importance of growth in companies. But outside of the traditional way that we would measure results with you know with PR, which is maybe maybe shares or views, what are the some of the the key metrics that you're starting to track more from a KPI perspective with some of your clients and be being held accountable to? Yeah, I think that's a really good question. So it's, it's interesting. I actually measure content success in a, a variety of ways. So before, you know, we ever build out a content uh, a campaign, I always want to make sure that it enhances the consumer's experience. So, you know, like I mentioned earlier through rather education, utility or entertainment, but there are a few things when I look at content from a consumer's perspective. Is it original? Have I heard the concepts over and over again? And, you know, if you don't have anything useful to say, then don't say it at all. It has to, your content always has to be original. Because there's so much content on the internet these days, I think that your content needs to have a strong headline. So it needs to catch people's attention. When I'm skimming through all the different forums and looking for like a great article to read or a great video to watch, it needs to catch my attention. And I think it's also very important to make sure that the content is actionable and it provides answers. I think that the best content out there really gives users a sense of how to apply the information and it needs to be easy to scan so people can, you know, pick up the important bits quickly. And I don't know about you guys, but, you know, sometimes when I see inaccurate reports or sourcing of information or, you know, if I see something's been linked to Reddit, it drives me absolutely crazy. So is it accurate in reporting? And just from a business perspective, it's just the amount of engagement. So click through, open rates, shares, retweets, coverage, media relations, and all that good stuff. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I think, you know, as companies, we're, we're becoming more targeted Obviously, in terms of how we go after our segments, I mean, the rise of ABM for businesses that have 
become more even more focused from that perspective. So it's only reasonable that we're we're going to expect uh, you know agencies to deliver us the right audience, not as you said, it just yeah you know, a Reddit audience because you got a whole bunch of clicks. Yeah, absolutely, and I think that it's funny because. Just the open rate is, doesn't just matter. It's the click through rate, it's the amount of engagement. It's not just about the number of followers that you have. It's really about, you know, are people commenting? Are people really, you know, engaged in a meaningful conversation? Is it making a difference? And I think that well, those are all the things that, you know, I personally use to measure content success. I think it's different for every agency, but we really want to just provide value. Um, from a consumer's perspective, we we mainly look at it from the consumer's perspective and less from the business perspective. So, you know, we've got a few minutes left here and, and I want to pick up on that word value, but we're going to shift completely out of talking about PR and marketing and talk a little bit more about you and, and get to know you and, and how you got to this point in your career and all that kind of fun stuff. And there's a, a company that you were involved with at the early stages called Renfrock Repeat. And it was all about value, but a whole other type of value, not not content value. And how do you get more from your content? But how do you get more from your finish the Mad Lib? <laughs> so, um, yeah, to give you a little bit about my background, before 88, I worked for quite a few years at a startup called Rent Frocker Pete. Um, we are a dress rental company, and we rent out designer clothing for a fraction of the retail cost. So we save our customers time, money, and closet space. So Jess, I know you're based out of Connecticut. I'm sure you've heard of Rent the Runway. We are the Canadian version of them. And I think that at the end of the day, it was an amazing experience for me because I handled, I, I went in there to scale the company and I went in there to handle all outbound business and content creation was a big part of that. Um, you know, we created, I was, I'm a weekly commentator on global news, so I cover fashion trends and that's where my love of content writing really started. Um, and I think that that was sort of, you know, the trajectory to where it, I started realizing that to make yourself relevant, to make yourself current, you really need to build a very strong personal brand for the company. That's that's awesome. If if anyone listening to Content Pros who tunes on in on a regular basis is wondering, Fatima did not just call Tyler Jess. Jess is our awesome executive producer of Content Pros Podcast who sits in the background, makes all the magic happen. And, you know, we, we all love Jess. We, we naturally call her out all the time. Usually it's off, off uh, but it's, it's all good, Fatima. You don't have to worry. We're more than happy to, to give her the spotlight every now and then. Um, so, you know, what, one last really cool thing about you that I, I'm always intrigued to meet these types of people is, is you were one of the, the top 30 under 30 women in, in our region. So tell me a little bit about what that was like and maybe the coolest person you met through that experience who, you know, who was also in the, in the 30 under 30. Yeah. So, oh my goodness, we are, I would, it would be really hard for me to pick just one person through that network. But yes, in 2016, I was listed as a top brand marketer and developer. Um, it was absolutely incredible and I'm so grateful for it. But I think at the end of the day, there are so many people that go unnoticed. And I think that the advantage I might've had in this situation is that I have started building a personal brand early on, whether it be for myself or for the company that I'm working with. And I think that there are so many people that also deserve that recognition in terms of people that I've met through this network that I think have been, you know, 
really, really impactful in what they're doing is uh, there's uh, someone called Sarah Bajaya from Loblaws and she is a digital marketing guru. And I, I just, it's, she's a conversion expert at the end of the day. And I just love the work that she's doing. And we were actually having a conversation recently. I was moderating a panel down at Twitter and it was on influencer marketing. And we were having a conversation about why we're so excited about content creation these days. And it, when having that conversation with her, I realized that this network of 30 under 30 people are really aligned in their thinking. We really do get marketing and we, we get the possibilities for content creators today. And I just think it's so exciting that, you know, in the history of the world, there has never really been an opportunity to make a decent living as a content creator. And there now is such a great opportunity to monetize on your writing, your design skills, your love of video and editing. And I think we're just at the beginning. I think that the web's and the internet's appetite for quality content is insatiable. And I love that about the marketing 30 under 30 network because that is what everyone is focused on. They're focused on creating good quality content. And I'm just so excited to be a part of this group. That's great. You know, Fatima, this has been so much fun having you and you touched on some awesome parts there that we could go so much deeper on around, you know, the idea of our own personal brands. And, you know, if if you've enjoyed this podcast tuning in, first of all, we Tyler and I truly appreciate you taking the time. There's so much other great podcasts we have recorded at contentprospodcast.com. And if you go there, there's even one I was thinking about from only a few, few weeks ago with Barry Feldman and Seth Price, where we talked all about building your own brand. And if you want to dig in more, listen to that one for the first time or listen back on it. And a lot of the things that Fatima is doing is right in line with that. So Fatima, it's great to, to have been able to learn from you. Uh, if you want to hear more of these podcasts, again, aside from going to contentprospodcast.com, you can find us on iTunes, on Stitcher, on Google Play, wherever you find us and you can leave us feedback, please do. Please let us know what you're enjoying. And until next time, on behalf of Tyler Lassard at Vidyard, I'm Randy Frisch at Uberflip, and this has been the Content Pros Podcast. This is Jay Bear, and thanks for listening to Content Pros. Please leave a review and subscribe on iTunes or on your favorite podcast listening app. Go to contentprospodcast.com for a complete show archive and greatest hits. Content Pros is sponsored by Convince & Convert, Oracle Marketing Cloud, and by Uberflip. It's produced by my team and I at Convince & Convert Media. Interested in being a guest or a sponsor on the show? Visit us at convinceandconvert.com.